Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone and thank you all so much for joining us today. Uh, my name is Brother Hawk Bowling, and as usual, we're so grateful to the Lord to come before you and share with you the things that the Lord has laid on my heart to share. Uh, I want to say thank you to you all for tuning in and uh, joining us. I really, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. I, I also, I really appreciate uh, the people, uh, personally, I appreciate the people who have made a part of this ministry, those that have sacrificed even to be a part of this ministry. I'm so grateful for that. Uh, I think about that often, and I'm so glad that so many people are willing to walk by faith. Uh, so many of you are willing to um, just Walk by faith in that. I know that's not the easiest thing, and I know some of you, you have heard me uh, tell my testimony about how the Lord moved me from uh, Louisiana to here. And, you know, first I was in Louisiana, and then I moved from Louisiana to uh, Oklahoma, and then uh, I was there for 10 years, and the Lord uh, spoke to me and then told me to go back to Louisiana to pastor this church that had asked me to be their pastor. And so then I went back to Louisiana, and I lived there from for a few more years while I was pastoring that church. And then the Lord had me to move from Louisiana back, uh, from Louisiana up here to Tennessee. And it was all miraculous. There were doors that were open that I could not have done on my own. And uh, just just the way that the Lord moved was so grateful. And, you know, and so I, I shared my testimony of faith. And then once I got here, the Lord blessed my wife and I with a house, and uh, he basically told us that people would be that he would send people from all over to to be here, and so that's what has been uh, happening. Um, even as I speak, we have a young married couple from uh, Arizona that's on their way here now, and uh, to move here, to live here, and to be a part of this ministry. And so you know, I mean, literally on their way, you know, to be a part of this ministry. And uh, keep that in your prayers and, you know, keep them in your prayers for safe travel. And uh, hopefully you'll get to see them soon. And I'm just looking forward to working with this young couple and and helping them uh, to get established and, you know, to be who God called them to be in the ministry. And so we're, we're just... You know, I just think about that, and I'm grateful to the Lord that so many people, We, I mean, we just about, there are more people a part of that's a part of this ministry who have moved here from out of state than there are people that are actually from Tennessee, you know, that's a part of this ministry. So we have more people moved here to be a part of this ministry than we have people who actually are just, were just living here, you know, to come here. And so that's a great sacrifice, and I'm so glad that people are willing to do that and willing to give up what they know to move to a place that they are not familiar with. And I tell you, God will bless that. You see, God will bless that. And so I feel led to share this uh, with you all. So if you have your Bibles, go to the 10th chapter of the book of, of Mark. And I believe, I don't you know, it's the oddest thing, you know, 
Uh, when I sat down uh, and getting ready to uh, speak to you all, I, I sat down with the purpose of just praying, but I, I felt led, uh, okay, I felt an unction to speak to you all about something instead of just praying. And I didn't know where the Lord wanted me to go or what he wanted me to say, and so I, I just do what I normally do whenever that's the case. I just opened up my Bible, and the Lord had given me, and I, you know, put something in my heart to speak. And usually wherever I turn to in the Bible, that's exactly where he wants me to come from. And so the, the 10th chapter of the book of Mark, the 10th chapter of the book of Mark, and uh, we're going to start reading at, you can get that chair out. We're going to start reading at verse 17, and, uh, you know, I, we've gone over this before, but I, I sincerely believe that this is to encourage some people. Maybe the Lord, some of you who are not uh, here locally with us, of course, we don't pull on people to move here or anything like that. You know, that's something that's, that's, that's got to be Holy Spirit-driven. In other words, we don't want to tell people, okay, if you want to be a part of this ministry, you have to move here. Uh which is, you know, of course, this is why we broadcast live to those who uh, want to be fed wherever the Lord may have planted them. But, you know, I, I, I feel like also that there are some people who are not settled where they are. And what I mean when I say settled, I mean they don't have peace about it. Uh, they are, uh, you know, feeling like, which is, you know, my wife felt the same way, and I did too. They are feeling like uh, that this, wherever they are, is not where God wants them to be. And I believe this may be to encourage you to, to get in God's will, you see. So the 10th chapter of the book of Mark, we'll start reading in verse 17. It says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest, callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. Now, you know what I, I like about this? Let's go and keep reading. It says, and he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Verse 21, then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. So, you know, what I, I love about this is the man comes to Jesus Christ with a question, and the Lord answers his question, you know, and, and things like that. So the Lord answers his question, you know, and tell him about the commandments, and he says, well, I've kept all these, I've observed these from my youth. And then the Bible says, then Jesus beholding him. Now, one thing I've noticed, and I can speak for myself, and I, I know that to be true in the Gospels as well, that people sometimes, they come to me, you know, with questions. Sometimes people, and I mean people that are in my presence, they come to me with certain things, and I know that there are certain things that I need to address. And I, I noticed that, the answer, the things that need to be dealt with, don't come to me right away. When this man came to Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ just spoke to him, just just answering his question. He didn't. So when he came to the Lord, 
the Lord didn't automatically know what the real issue was because he would have started with that, you see. And so it took what, and so in verse 21 it says, then Jesus beholding him. I, I heard one preacher say, making contact with his spirit. In other words, is a is a thing that goes on where it's like after you get into it, because you think about it, somebody can come to you and you may have all these different things on your mind, and because you have all these things on your mind, you, you they come to you with what a question or having an issue, and you can address that issue just from their standpoint, just from what they have brought to you on the surface. And if you're not careful, you won't take time with people, and, and you won't let go of everything else that your mind is on, and you won't hew in on them like what the Lord was doing here, you know, sitting on him, and waiting for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what the real issue is. So look at what that says. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. And Now, why, why does it say beholding him loved him? Didn't the Lord love everybody? Why is it saying that? I'm going to tell you why. It's talking about him focusing in on this young man. It's talking about him being moved into this man's situation now. What's really the issue? And so after he had moved in and, and, and moved everything else that was in his mind out of the way and just focused on this young man, then he could tell him, one thing thou lacking. You see that? So how many of us, because we're in such a hurry to get people, let's answer your email, let's, let's get these people, hurry up and get them in and out, get them in and out, in and out, you know, you miss the one thing that people lack. You'll miss it because you're in a hurry or you just don't have time or whatever the case is. You see that? You see how the Lord is just at, operate this way? And that's the reason why, you know, sometimes when I'm up ministering, I could tell that there are some people that's just, they don't, you know, people are tuning in and out. Now, if you attend this ministry, you know, if you're sitting here locally, I can tell when you're tuning in and out. And I mean individually. I can call you by name and tell you who you are, who, how you're tuning out, what your mind is on and all of that. People tune in and out, you see. And they do that because they're short attention span. But, you know, if you're going to, and what I mean when I say short attention span, the devil knows you got one, and so he's just bombarding your mind with other stuff that you shouldn't be thinking about. And when you do that, it makes it harder on the Holy Spirit to address what you have need of because you yourself isn't focused in on what the Lord wants to speak to you. you just there thinking, oh, this is a good word. Oh, wait a minute. I got to cook when I get home. Hmm. Oh, I forgot to pay this bill. I I need to make a set of reminder in my phone to pay this bill. You know, and the whole time you got more issues than bills and what you're going to cook and all of that. And so the Lord wants to speak to you, and even if the Lord chooses to speak to you, you're not even focused to listen to it or focused to hear it. You're just thinking, oh, this is a good message. And so, and, and so because people are so time-oriented, uh, sometimes they can miss out, and they say, and they then they pray, Lord, use me. I want to be used. Well, you know, to be used, you got to be willing to set aside some time with people. You got to have time for that, and you can't. And every case is not a rush job. You have to take your time with people to get to the issue. And you know, if you've ever sat 
with me and you talk with me, you know how sometimes the Lord will do it. I'll, I'll be talking to people. Uh, they come here to be ministered to or want to talk. And so then all of a sudden the Lord will give me a question to ask. And it's usually something that's at the core or at the heart of what their issue is. And so I'll ask a question. You know, if it comes to me, I'm going to ask it. But, and I know that it's the Lord because it always goes to the heart of the matter. And But to do that, I have to be focused in on what their issue is. And sometimes it may be 10 or 15 minutes into the conversation before that question gets asked or before that issue is even brought up or brought out, you see. And so here the Lord is taking his time with this man, and he's talking to him. It says, then Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, uh, said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Now that was not a mandate for everybody, to go sell everything they have and give to the poor. That was not a mandate for everyone. But you see how specific the Lord is? And this this is where I believe the Lord want to move this ministry to uh, or has moved this ministry to, dealing with individuals. That's the reason why after church, after I get done ministering, of course, I know that's how the Holy Spirit, he goes out, gets people, and finds them where they are. But, you know, I find that it's more effective as after the fact, it's more effective when people start talking. Now, as long as I know, I, can, I know when the Holy Spirit has gotten on to some people about some things, some issues that they have, and to me, it's not enough for them to be sitting there thinking, ooh, this message, that really stepped on my toes. I'm, the Lord really got on me. These things need to be talked about. You notice how the Lord did it? He would preach. And then people would come to him, and he would talk to them individually a lot of times about what it was he had spoken about because he wanted to go further. See, if you don't want to be embarrassed and you don't want the Holy Spirit to just call out your name and say, hey, this message for you, and this is why, and this is what you're doing and all of that, then you you have to join in after the Holy Spirit has touched your situation so that he can go deeper into your situation. In other words, you don't know all the details. Now, the Lord wants to discuss those things, you know, after the fact to get so that all of the roots can be pulled up. You see that? All of it can be pulled up. And so that's the reason why we do that. After after I've ministered the word of God, I'll ask you, does anyone have any questions or comments? Now, this isn't, I'm not asking Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> on 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 the on the message. You see that I'm not asking for you to rate us, and you know I'm not. I'm, I don't mean comments like, "Oh, I really enjoyed this message." I, I'm not talking about that. When I ask for comments or questions, I mean specifically for your situation. How does the Lord touch you, and then we'll go deeper into that. That's what the Lord. Want, want, want. But you see what happens a lot of times, people want to deal with the surface stuff because they feel like, well, the Lord will deal with me personally in my own little prayer closet about everything else. When in reality, the Lord wants to deal with your situation out in the open because it's also designed to help other people, you see. 
So verse 22, it says, and he was sad at that saying. We're in the 10th chapter of the book of Mark. Verse 22, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. You see, that was his problem. Possessions. And Jesus looked around about and said unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered them again. And said up to them, so let me stop there. Why were they astonished at the Lord saying, it, it, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of, of God? It's because that wasn't something that they heard every day. They saw Jesus Christ preach to people, people get saved, and they have all kinds of riches, and the Lord never tells them to sell one thing. He just moves on. The Lord didn't tell them to give away anything. And so when they heard the Lord say it this time, that's why they were stunned. This was not some doctrine that the Lord was walking around telling people. If you're rich, tell us saying that, that was it was specifically for this young ruler, for this man, because his riches were going to cause him to miss heaven. Now, the question you need to ask yourself is this. What is it in your life that you're rich in that will cause you to lose, to miss heaven? And that would have to be money. You could be rich or have an abundance of pride, of selfishness. Bitterness, you can be rich in all kinds of ways except for money, you know, besides money. What is it that's going to cause you to miss heaven, you see? So let's read then. Verse 24, and the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? So that's what he was speaking of. Now, this changes the whole issue here. Some of you are bitter and mad because somebody else got a little bit more than you. And you and you think, well, because you got all of this and all of that, how are you going to get into heaven when the Bible says this and that about, you know, in other words, that it ain't going to be too many rich people. The Bible don't say that. The Lord speaks directly to what he's talking about, folks that trust in riches. Notice he didn't say you had to be rich. You can just trust in it. You can have a dollar, and if you trust in that dollar, you're just as wrong as somebody that have a million dollars, trusting in it. You see that? In other words, you're trusting in everything but God. That's what he's talking about there. So it don't have to be that you're rich. You can have that little quarter the Lord blessed you with, and you can be holding on to it because you're trusting it, and you're just as bad as somebody that's got a million dollars, millions of dollars in the bank. You don't have to have a lot of it to trust in it. You see that? In other words, that's the point the Lord is making here. Verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? So, of course, now you've heard me explain this again, uh, explain this before, but we'll explain it just real briefly. The eye of the needle, uh, of course, Jerusalem and big cities like that, they had walls built around them for their protection. And so these cities, uh, they had usually several gates on each wall. They were usually four walls around the city, you know, four uh, corners, I guess you could say, four particular walls around the city. And each wall usually had about at least three different gates on each side. On each side. And so uh, what would happen at nighttime or around a certain time, usually I think around 6 p.m., you know, the start of the new day for them, 
they would close the big door, and they had a smaller uh, door in the very middle, usually called the eye of the needle. It was small. And that was to basically to keep armies from just rushing through. So if you walk through that door, only one person can go in at a time. And if you had a camel, of course, camels were the U-Haul of the day. They they loaded them down with different goods or whatever that they were transporting. And if you had a camel, of course, if you've ever seen one in person, you know how tall they are, and especially with the – and so what these people would have to do, they would have to unload the things off of the camel's back to go into the city, and they would make the camel kneel down on their knees and unload the stuff and scoot the camel through. The camel couldn't stand up and walk through it and had to scoot through on his knees. And after it got through, then they would uh, load the camel back up on the other side of the door. Now, people, I'm going to say this, a, a lot of people that have moved here, that have be, to, be, to be a part of this ministry, have moved here with just a few items, usually having to give away a lot of stuff, usually having to unload to keep from bringing a U-Haul here. A lot of people who have moved here to be a part of this ministry personally have given up a lot of things. And so what the Lord is saying here is if you don't have that mindset, now, in other words, when you get saved, you need to have the mindset of I'm giving it all up. I, I'll give it all up. Now, not not necessarily material possessions, but knowledge, everything that you think you know about the Bible that you learned in Sunday school or in Bible class. You have to unload all of that junk off of you so that the Lord can start with you brand new. Now, some of you, you, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just like cooking, you know, and you're frying something. You fry chicken one day, and you know how we do. We recycle grease. You know, we, we don't just use it one time and that's it. So you fry chicken one day, and then after the chicken is done frying, you put the grease up, and, and then, you, you know, you use it, you drain it, drain, you know, to make sure that it's clean as far as the uh, no residue being there, you know, as far as uh, batter and stuff like that not in there. And then the next day you, want, you might want to fry some French fries, and so you use that same grease. Well, you may notice, especially if you, your taste is keen, Whatever you use that grease for the day before or the week before, it, it's going to still have that taste to it. So you'll be eating fries that taste like chicken, or you'll be eating fries that taste like fish, have a hint of that taste. And so what happens spiritually, uh, when people don't unload all of that junk that they had before they got saved, especially if they've had any taste of religion, they grew up Baptist and didn't get saved, just got baptized to join the church, and then when they're older, they realize, wait a minute, I'm not really saved. And then they give their lives to the Lord, and then they try to bring all of that junk that they learned before into their new Christian walk. They they just like that grease. They, they smell and taste like what they grew up in instead of letting the Lord afresh. You see that? And that's not the Lord's will. All right, so let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 26, and they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, says, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Verse 28, then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, 
There is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. I want you to see that, what he says, for my sake and the gospels. Now, now this is for you that's listening. This is also for this couple that is currently on their way here to be a part of this ministry. Don't let the devil cause you to doubt what God has laid on your heart to do. You see it in this gospel here. Don't allow the enemy. People will call you crazy. Now, people people can say, uh, talking to relatives or loved ones or whatever, people can say, hey, I'm moving to Texas for a better job, and everybody will applaud. You moving to Texas for a better pay? That's great. Praise the Lord. He opened that door for you. But when you say, I'm moving to Tennessee because God spoke to me and told me to because of this ministry, all of a sudden everybody has a problem with that. They don't mind you following money, but you following God, that, that's, that's crazy. But we see it here. He didn't say, you know, left all for money's sake. He said for his sake and the gospel's. In verse 30, he says, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to eternal life. So what is he saying? Why does he say, include in verse 30, brethren and sisters and mothers and children? Because he understood when you leave some of these people, they're not going. They're going to think you're crazy. You're going to be ostracized. They're not really going to have much to do with you. You're crazy. You're a fanatic. The church that you're moving to be a part of, they must be a cult because people are moving from out of state to be a, to be there. Is something wrong there? And so the Lord is saying, if you're willing to be ostracized by by your family because of this, if you're willing to be talked about by your own mother and father by your own sisters and brothers and your relatives, your friends, if you're willing to be, you know, ostracized by them, when you get to where I'm sending you, when you get to where I've called you to, you'll have some more brothers and sisters. You'll have another mother and a father. You see that? Whatever you gave up, if you gave up a place to stay here, I'll provide you with a place when you get to where you're going. Don't worry about all of that. But look at what he says, with persecution. So after you move, I'm telling you, you can move and God can bless you with much more than what you had on this end, on where you come from, and, and, and that right there is the fruit of it. And people can see that and still say, yeah, but you still move. Yeah, but you still crazy. I wouldn't have moved. I wouldn't have done that. It's like people can see that you're doing much better than what you were doing from where you come from, and people will still doubt you. Always persecute the children of faith. Always. Always. You see that? Verse 31, but many that are left first shall be last and the last first. And so God there, he's speaking of the order of things. If God has dealt with you about moving, getting out of your comfort zone and, and going to a place where he wants to send you, you do it. Don't be afraid of what people are going to say. People are going to talk about you anyway. Now, that's one thing I learned. It doesn't matter how good or bad you're doing, people got something to say about it. And so if people are going to talk anyway, 
I might as well be doing what the Lord tells me to do. You see that? They talked about Jesus Christ. They killed him, and, and we're no better than he is. You see that? We're not any better than him. And so if the Lord have called us to do something, you do it. Now, if, if, if this message was for you, I want to hear from you. If this message was for you, I, I, you know, if you have my phone number, you text me, you send me my email address at, you know, gtdministries at gmail.com, I want to hear from you. I want to know how this message was speaking to you. You see that? I, I really would like to know, and, and we may talk about it, you know, personally, one-on-one with you, but I want to hear from you. If, if the Lord was speaking to you this morning, which I know he's speaking to some. Somebody, I, I want to hear from you, and I, I'd like to be able to just know what's going on with you, if, especially, especially if the Lord has laid it on your heart to get from among your kin. In other words, get from among what's familiar to you and to go to the place where he has called you to, especially if it's to be a, a part of this ministry. If the, Some of you, the Lord has laid it on your heart to do it. Now, I know I'm talking to somebody. The Lord has laid it on your heart, and you you doubted whether or not it was him. Now, this is your confirmation. If you ask for it, it, it here it is. You see that? And so uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from you and uh, hearing what you all have to say. So if you have my number or if you have my wife's number or you, you can text us. And also, if you, you know, of course, if you have you you have the ministry uh, number, uh, it's on under all the YouTube videos in the description, on the description tab. And yes, the email address as well, gtdministries at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you as soon as possible. Well, again, we just want to say thank you all for joining us today. We pray that something was said that has been a blessing to you, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you. Have a blessed day.